0: ready to go i think we're ready to go sweet so ghost points Stephen. um we learn about them in school i know they come from sun c si meow that's so right his name. yeah yeah uh, sun c si meow sun c si meow the legend he is the legend he's my all-time favorite doctor actually yeah you I, you run into that a lot i think <laughs> think a, a lot of people they... yeah the number one well, it
1: was a really hard – so it was basically between him, Zhang Zhongjing, and Zhu Danxi. These are my three favorite dudes, just huge influences, obviously. But Sun Sun Miao, I mean, his claim to fame, obviously, living forever is like – they always show him as like – because he lived well over 100 years in the Tang Dynasty, man, like well over 100 years old. And he was just a master of everything. He discovered more single herbs than any single human, even more than Shen if you call that a human,
0: that's the um, the gardener, the cultivator with the. one yeah, sometimes house. Def-
1: they call it. Sometimes they'll de- call it divine farmer.
0: Yeah, 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 that's the one
1: I know. Yeah, but it, that's that's a little bit funny because he, you can call him that, but it's really because his name is what then agriculture became. So it's kind of going backwards to call him the divine farmer instead of being like he gifted farming and medicine to the Chinese people. So he's uh, like a, yeah, he's a, um, you know, legendary character that supposedly had little horns on the, on the sides. How big it's up to you. I, I would go nubbin size.
0: Yeah. I've seen most of them nubbin size. Yeah. Uh, does that mean he's on the same, uh, uh, level then as Bien Chui? Yeah. Bien Choi is
1: certainly considered a real human, but then became deified. So almost more Taoist god-like because he got such a high level of understanding that everyone would be like, oh, yeah, he, he got it. He he you know
0: he opened everything up. He's, right. he's uh, immortalized. Yeah, literally. That's what the Taoist immortals, right? You get to that level when you're – Right. You know.
1: Exactly. And then bien then had to pick up a legendary trait. And so his was that his top half of the body, much like a centaur, stayed human – but then the bottom half of the body became a bird. Bird.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah. I thought it was a bird head. It's not it's not his head. It's I think it's his I'm pretty sure it's his lower part. That'd be hilarious though. If it was bird head, then I mean, shoot, acupuncture would be way easier. Right, you give <laughs> three pecs to this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many pecs to treat a patient? Exactly. It's kinda like Michael Keaton's Birdman, but you know, with a few more divine gifts. Didn't he make a movie called Birdman?
0: Birdman? Yeah. yeah. Well then and then i always think of cuz i'm from the bay area i always think of the guy who tried to escape alcatraz oh was there i thought that was just like uh, capone or somebody no there was there's been a couple birdman yeah. i know they i think they never found his body so, so they don't know if he's survived or not um, birdman is delicious yeah According to sharks <laughs> So just the really cold water, man. I mean, it's not like out here in Hawaii. It's like you get in that water yeah. and you're dead within a couple of minutes. So there
1: are tons of sharks, though, because I think it's where the warm water of the bay from San Jose yeah. meets the big. So I guess there's a ton of sharks usually underneath uh, the Golden Gate Bridge a lot. So good luck for them. Oh, but interestingly, bringing up Bianchue, he's the source originally of what they called guimen, um points. So like ghost... Gate points.
0: Oh, okay. So we have a predecessor to Sun Tzu. Oh yeah. Oh awesome. yeah.
1: So he's the he's kind of like the original, and then and he did so many things. Um, he's kind of the level of Huatuo, like just like the top notch. Who also has, has to be in the running for everyone as your top doctor too. But you know, everyone's got their own priorities. And then uh, later on, Sun Tzu Miao basically refined it to a specific. 13 points and in a 13 point sequence and that's why ah. to this day his are kind of the more famous ones
0: cool yeah well i grabbed my ghost point list from dr wang ju yi's book my mm-hmm. channel theory nice. and then when we were going over it i was like i'm missing one i only have 12 uh and i don't know if the order i mean it's the order that was given in the book um, uh uh-huh. but now i'm curious if if there's discrepancies there as well. Well, certainly 12 to 13, because as mysterious
1: as Chinese medicine is, they would not name 13 points 12 points. <laughs> Unless the last one is just like, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: And some extra points somewhere? I don't know. Yeah, yeah
1: a lot of these are kind of like, some of them are certainly off-channel points.
0: Okay, cool. So we're going to go over them uh, in order, but first I want to go over... Because I think we all have a rough idea of what we're doing with ghost points. We're treating some kind of psychosomatic, mental, emotional thing going on in the body. But do we have good descriptions from the classics about what these are and what we're doing? Great point. Yeah. So Asher's spot on, without a doubt. This
1: is like psychosomatic, emotional, um, like mental disturbancey sort of thing. Um, How you read into that is, of course, up to the practitioner. And I think that's why some people are gravitated towards this. I found that – well, I didn't even know five element acupuncture was a thing until I came back to America because it doesn't exist in China because five elements is just an inherent part of Chinese medicine that you would never separate as its own thing. But then I found out that a guy named Worsley, British fellow, I believe, uh, came in and – you know set up his own school and then linking it, of course, as everyone likes to do to the classics, but then branching off in really different ways. So yeah, that's not really... So like a lot of times when people are like, oh, I don't do Chinese medicine, I do five element. That's a little bit weird, right? That's like saying like, oh, I don't do Coca-Cola, I just do caramel colored syrup. Yeah, but it's like, it's it's in the same thing, right? I mean, you can't make Coke without it. So, And we can't understand organ relationships without five element theory. I think maybe what they mean is that we specialize in that to a further degree, but, um, a really big point I would recommend that everybody practitioner, um, shoot, even patients pay attention to is if they're going to claim the authority of the classics, how true to the classics do they stay? So that's an interesting point. Any hoodie, I hear it's used a lot for emotional stuff in these parts. Uh, so I don't know about that, but, um, this one is very much so. The 13 ghost points, without a doubt, has a long standing classical usage of emotional, psychosomatic, and so forth. But classically, they would say it tends to be more for severe mental issues. Um, I know that I've heard about practitioners here doing it for other things, which is fine. But classically, it's more severe. And the two big ones that they usually point to are epilepsy um, well, actually, three. So, epilepsy. Uh, mania, and therefore the opposite of mania, so kind of like bipolar, and
0: then also um, schizophrenia. Okay. And pattern-wise, you know, you say epilepsy, I immediately think some component of wind going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. The, The schizophrenic, I've never really, I guess, considered. I'm kind of wondering if we're looking at a heat fire type. You bet. Over there. In fact, these points are often
1: described as not only just treating these mental disorders, but can also just treat extreme uh, heat-related illnesses as well. Okay. So, yeah, epilepsy. The mania part is so, so common with the heat, that sort right. of thing. Yeah.
0: But then it flips too, right? Because we're also then talking about the depression, which would be a lack of any kind of movement in the home. Correct. Okay.
1: Correct. So like, for instance, we usually refer to kuang means like manic, crazy. Dian means like the opposite. It's like the total yin blocked off, almost like autistic where you can't connect to the entire world. But like everything is yin and you're in your own world. And then dianxian is epileptic. So that's where they cross that boundary too. Gotcha. Yeah. And then um, schizophrenic in Chinese is called, um, uh, what is it? It's so, jingshen fen lia zheng, which is like, that's just a, that's actually just comes from the Western word, but it basically just means a split of your consciousness, like you're splitting your mind. So kind of to multiple personalities or other things like that.
0: Yeah, and what mind are we talking about for us? Well, they say jingshen in this case, so it's more of a modern word.
1: Okay. Yeah, but the classic word would usually just mean like, Kind of like where you're taken over by a, another personality or something, and hence why all these things are often called ghost points, because it's like you're almost taken over by an, another entity for a, a time period, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And both the, the epilepsy, the mania, and the schizophrenia, you all have that very uh, stark split between maybe an every, everyday person and and another presentation. Yeah, Exactly. So first one I got on my list is Du Twenty Six, Guigong.
1: Du Twenty Six, that's right. It is Guigong. Is Du Twenty Six right here? Yeah,
0: on the yeah underneath the nose on the how do you call it frenulum? Yeah, one of the funny English words. The frenulum is of, it's
1: like the human version of a funyan. Um, hopefully not. That's probably not the most popular human. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Guigong, which does translate as Um, you can translate that as uh, ghost palace. So this word ghost, then I think, so if we're going to go to translation now for each of these 13 points, we probably, of course, have to start with the word ghost. And remember, ghost can mean like a demon or that thing. But just like Asher was saying, it's really like we are taken over by another entity or another um, strong impulse, that sort of thing. So you could even argue that you know, strong emotional things like PTSD people certainly looks like they're taken over by things when you know an attack hits and so forth. So this of course can be expanded to any of those things, but this is where most of the time. Um, so Chinese medicine is not shamanism. It hasn't been that for three thousand years, and maybe it came from some originally with some Taoists and stuff. But certainly by the time our greatest books are written, like the Neijing, there's a stark contrast between this and original shamanism and stuff which certainly existed in asia but that's not what we do and that's why a lot of people are like oh well some of these really big words like chi or evil chi or evil demon chi or something ridiculous like this yeah but we were so far past shamanism that it doesn't it, it's not even close to that anymore it's like where we'd already gone into a really analytical you some would often say scientific analysis of the body, its functions, its organs, and so forth. And so that's why xie, xie translated that way is ridiculous, and instead it should be like an imbalancing force to the body. But here, gui really does mean that, like kind of taken over by another entity. Um, and then each one of the points starts with the word gui, or ghost, or however you want to translate that, and then another word. So this one is gong, which can mean palace. And the key here is that palace is the first place you come into something. So it's kind of like the entryway or like the guest hall, that's that sort of thing. It's like a vestibule. The atrium.
0: Yeah. It's the welcoming space. Ghost atrium. Yeah.
1: Ghostrium, exactly. Uh, and that's why I've heard this um, from another practitioner, I forget the name, but in America, um, who I think is writing a book about these 13 points. Um, but I just heard a, a wee little Spotify bit. Um, off of a podcast here. any um and she also referred to this correctly, that it's like kind of like an entryway to the 13 points. And that, that is correct, because that's what gong here really means. It can mean palace, but it's really the entryway. And in fact, we know this because there's another point called ting gong right here. It's one of these three points right at the ear. Okay, These, these little mini guys. You've got ting gong, um, arman, and ting hui. So uh, this is the idea where gong is like an entryway into the hearing function and or the ear, right? And hence the word ting gong means listening palace. Gotcha. Or hearing
0: audio palace, audio function palace. Now, taking it a little bit out of order, but adding a point that's really close to uh, gui gong would be gui shi, which would be ren 24, um, yes. And right below the lip. Correct. And when I saw both of those together on the list, I thought, oh, are they kind of talking about connecting the run and the do? You know, these massive channels are part of getting them back on track. Is it a part of this treatment protocol? Absolutely. Plan? Okay.
1: Absolutely. So I like what you're talking about. And we know that that's part of it because a big part of these points isn't deficiency, it's actually stagnation um hence asher's right if you can get the ren and the chong and the du and everything flowing in the center line you can really reactivate a lot of things because stagnation by definition means too much in one area and a deficiency in another but it doesn't mean a full body deficiency it means that you know it's like it's like the chain what is it the uh, chain of goods supply chain the supply chain problems that uh, we're all, we've all experienced nicely for for covid it's not like China doesn't have toys. They just aren't here. Right. So it's like too much toys at the gates, at the the ports in China, not enough toys here. So yeah, that's, that's very similar to stagnation and hence it's not about building more toys. It's about moving the toys that are already there.
0: Yeah. I, it's so funny that you say that because the same train of thought is often how I think about liver blood and trying to create liver blood. It's not that, You know, like the liver needs to create more blood, but it's that more blood that's created from spleen and then move with heart kind of thing needs to get to the liver and be nourished there. Kind of. That's right. Yeah.
1: So right, and Asher brings up a really good point too. Like, so first of all, generating liver blood has really nothing to do with the liver; it's the spleen that does that. And then, secondly, a lot of times when people have um, blood deficient symptoms. They might not even have, say, like a blood deficient looking tongue or a thin pulse, and yet you notice blood deficient symptoms. Like, so maybe, you know, they get cold, especially in their hands and feet. That's not exclusively blood deficient, but it can be. Uh, maybe they have dry, flaky, scaly skin, often blood deficient or blood heat. And so the point here is if you can circulate the blockages, the blocked blood, and get that blood back into circulation and having a function again. Then one hundred percent of their blood is actually working. Because if twenty percent of their blood is, you know, turned into stasis, it's clearly not doing the blood's job. So they might have that blood in their system, but you know, adding more blood is not going to fix that problem. It's about activating the blood that's that's
0: become dysfunctional. Love it. That's also like the the next step in everyone's diagnosis, right? It's like, okay, I can see that there's blood deficiency, but why, right? Yeah. Is it just the stagnation, and then the blood deficiency will go away? because I don't see it in the tongue, right? I don't see it in the pulse. I see it a little bit here and there. It kind of flares up. It kind of goes away. It doesn't seem to be the center of the pattern, but it's happening all the same. So good, dude. So good. And then, yeah, man, Asher brings up such a
1: good point. Because, yeah, we can treat blood deficiency, but like you said, from what? Or then once you figure out, like maybe it's something from like birth. So like one of my patients, um, she's been dealing with blood deficiency symptoms for literally like 16 years because her oldest son is 16 years old Mm. Um, or no, 18 years old now. Yeah. So 18 from her, anyway, from her giving birth, she gave birth to two boys. Yeah. And after the first boy, she started having some of these symptoms and it never changed. And then she came to see me probably starting two years ago now. Um, And we've obviously been working on them, but that's an interesting point where we can clearly say, Oh yeah, that's where it came from. But then there's also the idea of how do we build her blood? So a lot of people like this, it's like, like we said, you have to go through the spleen to build blood. But if you give her a classic blood building formula, like say, tongue, oftentimes it overheats her. And you're like, oh, shoot, well, I can't just build blood because now it's exacerbating what's called blood heat. And so then you're like, oh, well, how do I build blood without generating heat? And so then that becomes a different. So even though the diagnosis is somewhat straightforward, the
0: treatment strategy then becomes a little challenging. Sure well, maybe some of those blood cooling herbs you're so fond of over there. I am
1: fond of some blood coolers. <laughs> that's right.
0: Keeps you cool, man. All right. It's the the next two I have on my list um, are the tie-in uh, Jing Well points.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we one was Guigong that you mentioned, and then that's right. We got some we got, uh, two Jing Wells. So Gui That's right. And Xin. Gui uh, Lei. Exactly. Third tone, Lei. Gui Yep, that's right. So Gui Xin is also Shaoshang, the Jing Well of the um, Lung. And then Gui Lei is the Jing Well of the Spleen, whatever those numbers are. One? No, one's 11 and one's 1, right? Lung 11, Spleen 1. Get it. Um, and then, so for the names on these bad boys, uh, how would they translate Gui Xin for you?
0: Ghost Communication?
1: that's reasonable that's reasonable
0: given the the reason I just have a, a note somewhere is that long governs chi and so that was the impetus of of using that one hmm. yeah I thought it was interesting that it was both the tie-in points and it was the Jing wells because that made me think wind and strong movement again interesting yeah what what was the connection to wind there just that I'll, I'll bleed Jing well points for for wind
1: ah yeah. I dig it and then certainly, lung is afflicted by wind a lot. Yeah, and then we all know what a windy spleen sounds like. Sounds gassy.
0: <laughs> is that spleen or is that stomach at that point?
1: It can be both. That's a great question too. Yeah. So for there's, for you formula people out there, uh, there's a formula called Xie Yao Fang, which literally means the painful diarrhea essential formula. And as one might guess. This is for treating painful diarrhea.
0: <laughs> but it's a
1: specific kind of diarrhea. It's where you get uh, lower abdominal cramps that are, that then subside after uh, a diarrhea bowel movement.
0: Okay, sure.
1: And this is truly liver overactive, whereas 95% of everything that people say is an overactive liver is exactly the other or wrong way. It's an underactive liver. And you'll know that... So for you practitioners out there, I may have, that may have be a little bit of a mind bender right there that we just dropped... But here's a big point. If you're going to use chaihu to fix it, it's not liver overacting. So one more time, if you're going to use chaihu or some other herb that moves the liver or dredges the liver to fix it, it can't be overacting. That's underacting. So here's a good example. If someone comes to you and they have episodic um, lower abdominal pain, cramping, that then gets better after having loose diarrhea, probably flares when they're stressed and upset, um, better when it's not. Right. If you're thinking about IBS syndrome, sure. A lot of people are like this, um, but then they're an interesting one because they can go back and forth. And here's an interesting point. You give those people, chaihu, get ready for an explosion. Oh my gosh. You're going to make this shit worse. <laughs> Literally make this shit worse. <laughs>
0: uh, Cause it's, yeah. Cause it's already, the liver is already doing too much. It's doing too much. Moving. Correct. That's right. And then, so
1: the whole goal there is to rein the liver in. Well, we know that one of the best ways to rein a liver back in is with sour, astringing, yin-nourishing herbs. But specifically, it has to nourish one of the two parts of liver yin, which is either yin-nutritive or blood. And in this case, we go yin-nutritive. And so there's a single herb that does all that. It's sour, it astringes inward, and it uh, nourishes yin-nutritive and or that fluid component of the liver yin. And that's called bai xiao.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, so Tongxie Feng is based on Bai Shao.
0: And while we're here, I I think because the part of the original conversation where you, we were all in clinic form, I remember when you were first like, oh, this is actually the Shaoyang syndrome of alternating loose stools and constipation, was that the the constipation was the liver underacting and the diarrhea was liver overacting.
1: So true. Well memorized or well remembered or. Yeah. Memorized in a good way. Yeah,
0: Well, I mean, you said it it made sense. I think it clicked for a lot of us. Um, Nice. Yeah.
1: You're so spot on, man. And so that's another case. So like, as we mentioned, um, Tongxi Yaofeng does work for certain kinds of IBS. We don't treat IBS. We treat patterns and circumstances of IBS, right? In which case, I think we do it much better. But just remember, we don't treat disease. We treat syndromes. So then just like uh, Asher was saying, Here, when you're doing – when they've got sometimes too much, sometimes too little and goes back and forth. And when we say alternating, we usually mean within days. There are such people who will be constipated for two weeks and then loose for like five weeks and then sometimes goes back and forth. But that's usually not the case. That's like getting over food poisoning or something else like that. But this is like, oh, two days on, two days constipated, two days loose, two days constipated, two days loose. Oh, I got really stressed, now really loose and belly cramps. I'm less stressed, and so maybe more constipated, occasionally a normal one. So these sorts of ibs people, and they might be IBS, they might be other things, um, those ones need to go in both directions. And so we usually use a one-to-one ratio of chai-hu and bai shaw.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. You know, and there's a famous formula.
1: With the two in there? Yeah, but those two in it. It's called sinisan. Okay,
0: sweet. So, yeah. Getting a head start on those herbs. Uh, for those of you yeah. who don't know, Stephen's going to start uh, another herb program. That's right, doing a whole new herb annual program. Yeah, starting when? Sometime next year, beginning of next year. Yep,
1: starting January 2024.
0: Sweet. Yeah.
1: So yeah, if you yeah, so if you're interested in herbs, we're doing it from A to Z. We're starting what they call single herbs here, which really should be double herbs Hint at how we're going to be treating teaching them. Because you can't learn single herbs one at a time. That's that's just impossible. No brain will do it unless you grew up with herbs. That is one thing. I, I met some Cantonese people in China. My my Chinese side of the family is Cantonese too, but we grew up in America, but um, so we didn't have a whole lot of herbs here. We still have some good Chinese food though, Cantonese food. Anyway, but the Cantonese people who grew up in Canton, like basically all of them, are familiar with some herbs because almost all of them have. Like their parents grow herbs in the house and like they'll put them in the soups and they'll be like, oh, of course, you is good for nourishing fluids because we use it for when we're dry. I'm like, yeah, but nobody else knows that. Yeah. And so then they like sail through herbs class being like, guys, why are you struggling with this? It's so easy. And then they get to formulas and they struggle harder than any of <laughs> us because we were all used to like busting ass, right? And then they're like, oh, shit, I really have to think about this now. Right. Totally. Because no one knows like, oh, of course, you're going to use Qinghao and Jia at the same time because you need Jia to drop into the yin layer and then Hao to vent from that. No. Are you kidding me? Any layman tells me that, I'd be like, what temple did you grow up at? Yeah. Um, but they they get the basics. So anyway, it starts with single herbs, then it goes to formulas, and then it ends with internal medicine. And it's all in one fell swoop,
0: meaning a year, which is not bad. No. It's great. <laughs> and you get to learn from Stephen. Yeah, and Asher will be there. Yeah, I, I, I will be. Yeah,
1: So you get to be you get to hang out with – it will be like a podcast all by itself.
0: <laughs> no, I'll be the quiet one in the quarter.
1: Uh, Somehow I doubt that. You've always got the best questions. Oh,
0: thanks. Okay, so for the Guishin. Oh, yes, back to Guishin. Yeah.
1: So it can be communication, but it's often talked – so sometimes they'll call this ghost letter too – which sounds ridiculous, unless you remember that um, there is such a thing where, when people in China die, you have to write like a passing a letter of passing. Oh, and so this is like a, I don't know what we would call a eulogy like letter. Yeah, basically, exactly. But it's like I don't know if it's read at a funeral or anything, yeah. but it
0: is that letter. Okay, so it often references that. So then, like, what does that have to do with the point then? Like, and you think about it. using the point.
1: So usually this would be the passing of the ghost, hopefully not the passing of the patient.
0: (laughs) Sure. Okay. Gotcha. So
1: like the ridding of the ghost in a way.
0: Yeah. Like get the ghost out of the body.
1: Exactly. Okay. And then – oh, and we'll go back to all three – all these points as we go back. We'll go to the sequencing. We're going to go through 1 through 13 probably, but then we'll also go through because the classic like – there's a classic depth at which you need all of them as well and then is it hot, is it cold and so forth. Oh,
0: okay. Are we? How are we doing for sequence compared to your sequence? Oh, we're spot on. We just finished one and two. Okay, cool. And then spleen one, Guele, ghost hutch. I have as my translation. What's a hutch? A place where a ghost would reside. Oh, like a cabinet? Yeah. Or like a like a little uh, house kind of thing. Oh, like a, that's close. Shack. This would be like a yeah shack. Yeah. Ghost shack. Yeah, we have a couple <laughs> down by the beach. You know. <laughs> it's abandoned, made of driftwood, it looks like it's going to fall over. Nice.
1: If it does, it'll just be more fun. Yeah. Um,
0: lay is a fascinating word. This one
1: is talking about like a mound of earth, basically. Mm. So the key here is that lay, I don't know where hutch comes from, but you could think of it as like earth, uh, like a ghostly mound or anything like that. Most sources would describe this as. Um, yin being earth yang being heaven right like climate heaven not there's no divinity involved in Chinese medicine and then therefore clear yang things come from above and uh, yin things I will say the word turbid yin but it doesn't mean turbid necessarily in a bad way but turbid yin things come from below and hence when we breathe when we need to make energy we need to breathe in clear yang oxygen from the air and we need to take in um, turbid yin food which means like, rich, nutrient-dense food from the earth. So that's how we've always seen the world from a Chinese medicine perspective. But the key here is what does lei mean, this mound of earth? Usually it's considered the opposite of more the ethereal shun. So it's like where, so shun being a yang element and this being the opposite. So you could call it gui or something that inhibits the shun is how I would actually translate that. That last part is me, not classic sources. Gotcha. Good distinction. And so when we think about like the metaphysical elements of let's just stick to the five zhang organs because it's easier. You got the shun in the heart, the huan in the liver and so forth. These are actually yang components of all those, right? So when we talk about how am I going to activate the e of the spleen, that's a confusing question for a practitioner, right? A muggle sometimes will ask a good question like that and you'll be like, well, I'll just use tummy points, you know. <laughs> but it's like, really? I mean, but if you think about it, it's really about tummy yang. I was sp- spleen yang mm. i'm sorry yeah i went, yeah, went muggle up for a second <laughs> um so the, that tells us that these metaphysical elements and hence shun stuff is all the yang side well what tends to interfere with yang's movement Yim. yin pathogens yeah. okay and so um with the biggest one being dampness and so if you look why is this on the spleen channel why is it the jing jin- well of the spleen because when you Get a really bump spleen. You process your dampness
0: well. You process your fluids really well, not generating any dampness. Right, and so it's just the strong clearing function of the Jing Well that we're looking at. Then, yes, I would say so. Yep, and then therefore it can
1: uninhibit, un- if you will, the shun.
0: Sweet. On on all the shen bits being being yang, that makes a lot of sense. But I'm curious about if the po then is is more of it is the most yin out of all of them because it is the corporal it's like is the body one and then it also doesn't make the the after death it doesn't like make the transition back into the heavens right it kind of stays here oh. and just is done
1: that's a really interesting point that is such an interesting point i sure so part of that i would think we would have to address that um there as far as i know choch invented these names chocha invented these names for... Uh, I'm just calling him Choch. Uh, for for these five different metaphysical elements. So I assume he calls Shun Spirit. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Huan is what? Ethereal something? Yeah, Ethereal Soul. Ethereal Soul. And then pause is Corpuscular Soul? Body Soul. Corporal Soul. Yeah, Corporal. Body Soul. Um, yeah, I have no idea where he pulls that shit out of. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just
0: have to be straight up. I think he just... It. Um, this is one of the first conversations that we have and then we we put a pin in it and we go okay is this is something we gotta go dig back into and, and peace out um, it's so true and it really is a biggie because you know this this gets back to a really
1: fundamental idea a lot of people in Chinese medicine either don't have a definition and try and work off of that which is As you can guess, problematic, or they have a wacky definition and then they work off that, which is extremely problematic too. So, like all these GUI points that we're going over have been translated. Whether or not that translation is reliable, of course, is questionable, but then people elaborate off of that as they should. That's what people are supposed to do. They're supposed to take what they're given and then practice it and elaborate it and figure it out and analyze it. And so, here's a big problem, which is When people are given these wacky names that as far as I can tell, Machocha just literally winged and made up, then they start thinking like, oh, well, that is different. So like an ethereal soul versus a corporal soul. Does that mean the poor never leaves? No, no. What it really, what he really, I don't know if he was going for this, but the only thing that he could have gone for is that the pole is really about reflexive function in our body. So like when you, you know, when they check your elbows and knees at the old school doctor's office, yeah. I don't
0: think they do that anymore. Yeah. Now it's all in telemedicine anyway.
1: All right, hit your knee right here and see what happens.
0: <laughs> right, and and that reflex action is the is the pull.
1: That's the pull. Yeah. So that's not the only thing, but that tells us some really key things. The pull doesn't really come into consciousness, mm. meaning you don't try and move your arm, you don't try and move your leg when you whap it in the reflex spot. It just moves. Uh, similarly, um, night walking, like uh, is that what we call that? Sleepwalking. Sure. Night walking. Um, White Walkers, <laughs> Night Walking. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You witches, okay, beware. Uh huh. Uh huh. So that's I almost always treat that as a lung issue because they don't—they're not aware of their physical movement, right? Okay. It's like almost a reflexive movement. So if he meant that, kudos to him. But as far as I can tell, he doesn't even go in that far because then people would at least have that tidbit of knowledge. Um, but you know, similarly. The huan also has sleeping issue, like that that controls sleeping in a very large way with the shun. So the huan and the shun are by far the two most important when it comes to sleeping. Yes, we deal with the stomach, and yes, we deal with the kidneys. For those of you who get really specific, but it's usually in conjunction with those top two. And so then we'd say, you know, um, all the shun and the huan therefore are really key for that different functions. What I recommend people do is don't translate these words. Just use shen, hun, po, yi, zhi, these five, and then think about them as a function. And that's useful. So like if we know that zhi is helpful in memory, as well as uh, fine motor control with your hands. Great. That means someone comes in and you you think their zhi is out of whack. What do you ask them? How's your memory? Do you have any brain fog? And how's your fine motor control? Can you like thread a needle? Can you do all those things? And check it out. How many of them can't? You probably did that because you felt a low kidney pulse, either yin or yang. Now, someone might ask an awesome question. Wait, the heck? You just said all this shit's yin, uh, yang stuff. Why are we checking it if they've got a low yin pulse? And here is a big one that I bet. you want to take this one? Like, if I have a, was it like, if, if someone has a low kidney yin pulse, why would I still be asking about their jur function, which
0: is in their kidneys? Because you need the yin to ground the yang. Otherwise, I'll just. Oh my-
1: yes, yes.
0: So that's it. How come Swan Zarin Tang works so well to,
1: for anchoring the Hun? It because it calms the Hun while giving it Yin to anchor it in there. Yeah. So Azure hit that spot on. So yeah, Yang can't reside without Yin, but these are Yang functions we're really dealing with. Sweet.
0: Okay, we we have to do a whole five the um spirits at some point then. Yeah. yeah,
1: you betcha. Like you can call those the five different Shun or the
0: five different zhi. Oh Okay, the five Jur, the Wu Jur. That's right. Okay. One thing that I do remember from from while well, while we're here uh, <laughs> is that the the po and the jur come into the body together and the shen and the hun come into the body together. Interesting. Yeah. Like just like on a daily basis, I think more on your like baby born like that that they're more linked on the two sides. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm.
1: that's a really interesting point. I'd be curious to see if he has any foundation for that.
0: Probably not. <laughs> yeah,
1: probably not. <laughs> but that is interesting. See, does he tell the people that the, that the booty hole is called the pull gate? The gate of pull?
0: Yeah, I don't know where I, I I know I have that in my head. I don't know where I got that one from though.
1: It's pretty useful. Yeah. And a lot of people forget how key how really it's not even just peripheral. Literally your lung function is huge in the ability to have regular bowel movements. Yeah. But interestingly, if you look at all that, so lungs, helpful for bowel movements. Liver, oh my gosh, we just talked about IBSy people, super helpful for keeping things regular bowel movements. Spleen, I mean, that's exactly the tract you're dealing with. So we've got three of the five Zong organs already. Heart, that's an interesting one. Not a ton of function related to bowel movements. And then kidneys, there is. So kidney yin deficiency can lead to constipation as well.
0: Would the heart one be the emotional aspect? Like-, like- that the, liver, Calm the <laughs> that if you're like stressed, anxious, like it's going to be the liver that's doing it, but then also the heart's damaged in that way too. Maybe. That's
1: an interesting point. Yeah. And this gets to an interesting other fact, which is that, um, you know, I, I know we, we often say the word heart when we're talking about like emotional things, but I think and I, and I, this must come from a church. I've seen it in way too many students and schools across different bodies but you know every emotion if anything all of our emotions if we're going to say one organ has to be liver first not heart
0: yeah no that's a motota thing it's all emotions Uh, like damage the heart or what the yeah oh my god that one's so core too you get quiz on that too
1: yeah because i've heard like i've had like real effort put into trying to shift students away from that and more specifically would say each organ affects uh, or, I'm sorry, each emotion affects each organ separately. Right,
0: sure. So, right,
1: grief and sadness really do affect your lungs. Yeah. And check it out when people are dealing with grief and sadness. Oh, man, if nothing else, palpate lung one. I know oh, that because yeah. I know
0: that first. For sure. Oh,
1: right? Yeah. You want another mind blower? Palpate number lung one and see if they fit Xiao Chai Hu Tang. Boom. That's a mind blower, isn't it?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I've taken Chao Tong, but I'm not quite sure. I I know we're moving liver chi, but I don't know quite what else. Yeah. So is is this gonna be then that the the grief and worry is affecting the lung through the inability to be expressed, to be moved?
1: But if Could be. Or in the you mean for the Shao Hu element yeah. that I was just mentioning? Yeah, yeah. That's actually the liver not transporting for the middle burner. Liver gallbladder not transporting for spleen and stomach. Okay. And then you might be like, well, what in the world does it have to do with lungs? Yeah, that's what. It's I'm like. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> but do you remember where the lung channel starts? In the
0: lower abdomen. In,
1: in the middle, middle abdomen. burner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and and if you think about it, what where does the lung channel get all its? Where does it carry the baton from? Who passes it off? The spleen. Well, true. It go. It's in the middle burner. But who in the twelve organ oh, cycle? Oh, who's passing liver. the baton?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So when liver gets stuck because it can't pass the baton off to the middle burner, um, which is really the lungs in the middle burner, then you see this blockage. And so lung one is actually a really good diagnostic point if the liver and gallbladder are not transporting for the spleen and stomach, which is one of the absolute fundamental reasons. It's one of the two biggest patterns we use Xiao Chaiutong for.
0: Wow. New ideas for populating lung one has nothing to do with the lung. Sweet.
1: I know, but that's actually you'll, you'll know that it works or what it's designed for because of the name of lung one, which means middle fu organ. Oh yeah, zhongfu is the middle fu organ. That's
0: right. That's it for this week. Join us next week for part two of this episode on ghost Points.